Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. Oh, boy. We're coming to you in what I would describe as a uh, temperature fluctuating Los Angeles. <laughs> Yesterday, the high was 90. Yes. Today the high I think was seventy five. Tomorrow yes. the high is supposed to be sixty four and rainy. Look, what I'm fascinatingly yesterday it was uh, eighty seven to fifty seven. That was the it was a thirty degree swing in the day. So if you're up too early, you're dressing incorrectly. You know, it's yep. just it's just there's no if ands or, or buts about it. You're just not gonna. You just can't layer in a way that is sufficient for this kind of swing. It's true. It's it's wild. It's like I'm ascending Everest, but I'm like I have to dress. But I'm dressed like I'm at base camp, and then suddenly I'm uh, I'm at like uh, the ice shelf, whatever mm-hmm. the heck that is. The, the, the what do they call it? I'm at the body with the green boots. Sure, yeah. I don't know what that means. There, you know, there are bodies up on Everest that like serve as markers. Oh, because it's too hard to remove anything. I see. Oh, I see. I so see. people just sort of leave them there. Right. Uh, anyway, hope you're all not climbing Everest and having a great time at sea level or thereabouts. Uh, what's shaking bacon? Um, you know, I, well, we went away for a night this week. We had a magical night in Palm Springs. A magical night where... We're driving out of the restaurant. We both thought it was ten o'clock, but it, it was, was seven forty. It was seven forty. <laughs> it was so dark. We we're just like, it's got to be a gajillion o'clock. It's so late. Nope. Yeah. No. Does it get dark faster there? No. We just have no. It's hard to keep the barometer of like Henry's bath. Although now with it getting dark so early, like last night, it got dark. Obviously. That's what happens every day, guys. <laughs> but last night, we put him to bed. 
and then you had to bring your father to the airport. And then you came back and we watched Bake Off. And it felt like it was a gajillion o'clock, but it was eight. It was 8.30. Still. Yes, it was not that late. I mean, I don't know what's happening. I guess we're just old. And, and you might all find that the older you get, the more you find uh, five o'clock an acceptable dinner time. I know I do. Oh, eating at five is the best. <sighs> we had a reservation for eight o'clock and then Dory was like, I'm going to, I'm going to hound. I'm going to hunt. I'm going to hunt. I'm going to keep checking in, see if anything earlier opens up. It was for eight 30, which is very late. Could you imagine? Cause we already felt like it was 10 at seven 45. Oh exactly. my God. We would have been ravenous. <laughs> and then we watched the uh, American, no, the national league division series game five in the hotel room. And I introduced Dory to the wonders of Max Scherzer. Oh my gosh. And uh, just the passion he plays with. It was really something. <laughs> I think his... I don't like I don't follow baseball closely. I I watch, you know, if Matt has the Red Sox on, I'll watch them, but I'm not like up on various right. characters in the baseball world. Sure. And as Matt I think has said on the podcast, we can't watch the Dodgers because we don't have Spectrum. Yes. So he was traded over to the Dodgers this summer. In July, so he became a hometown pitcher after years in the national system, and before that, he was Tigers and and Diamondbacks. So it's no wonder Dory really wasn't up on Max Scherzer as great as a pitcher as he is. He's a fantastic pitcher, one of the best in the league. But uh, I was like, you know, he's like he plays with the fire of a thousand suns. <laughs> Constantly. His reaction after the game, I was like, what is up? I said to Matt, I was like, what is up with this guy? <laughs> and then I was like, oh boy, well, how can I succinctly put this to you? So then I played Dory this great YouTube video called Max Scherzer is the biggest psychopath in baseball. <laughs> Which just, you know, it, it, it just goes into it. And the funniest clip of that whole thing is him playing catch warm-up catch during georgetown's during georgetown's graduation (laughs) at the nationals ballpark that was hilarious also hilarious to me was him pitching with the black eye oh after he (laughs) was practicing how to bunt and broke his nose yeah (laughs) and then refused to not pitch yes i also there's many clips of him yelling at his managers when they come out to take him out of the game and he won't let them. <laughs> and then they leave him in. <laughs> I wish we could watch the Dodgers. We just don't have Spectrum out here, guys. Yeah. It's the only way to watch it. Otherwise, it's blacked out. Thank God, you know, these playoff games are nationally televised. Yes, yes. So that was exciting. Dodgers were robbed. I mean, the uh, Giants were robbed. That that last that check swing, that Wilmer Flores check swing to end the game was just the silliest thing. Any Giants fans out there, I feel your pain. It happened to the Red Sox in the 2016 ALDS. Dustin Pedroia did not swing. It was a check swing called for our last out. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, we were bounced mm-hmm. out of the playoffs. So I feel you. Mm-hmm. Um. But boy, did Scherzer enjoy it. So anyway, yes. So we did that. We went out of town for one night to celebrate our anniversary, post-anniversary, because Dory's father was visiting. And very kindly agreed to stay with Henry. Yep. He really, Henry laid it on real thick for him. (laughs) Yeah, he really did. (laughs) Saba, go home. Saba going home. (laughs) (laughs) Really, it's very, very sweet, but also very funny. Saba get on airplane. Yeah. Um, and then you know what's what's happening? What's been? What's what's what else is going on here? Mm, Took Henry to see some trains this morning. We took him to Travel Town, where Dory and I noticed the children were all the same age. And the children that had siblings, the siblings were all exactly as far apart as each other. Yeah. Including yeah. friends of ours who we were there with. Yes. <laughs> it was like toddler, infant. Yeah. Go. <laughs> it was kind of crazy. And Dory and I were, of, of course, infantless. Yes. And, 
you know, we just watched Henry eat some peanut butter crackers and had to be content with that. I mean, and quite frankly, I was. I, I, I was, I was too. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. But it was very, it was weird. It was interesting. It was weird. It was like, it was like, it was like we went into a nightclub that only allowed three and under. Mm. Like all the kids were like the same age. Yeah. There weren't any like, there weren't any nine-year-olds or 12-year-olds. Well, I feel like, so Travel Town is this um, part of Griffith Park, which is, you know, the big Central Park-esque park here in Los Angeles that has like many things in it. There's a zoo, there's a museum of the West, there's pony rides, there's two golf courses, there's the Griffith Observatory, there's the Griffith Observatory, and there's also this thing called Travel Town, which is basically a train, a decommissioned train yard. Yeah, and it's got like a lot of the old Union Pacific cars and a couple of, a few steam engines, um, and a little, you know, train, little, uh, I don't know what the scale would be. Maybe it's, oh, you know, like kids can get in and ride it around. It's free to get in. And uh, it's exciting for children. I don't, right, I think it's exciting for like, but I the, went the in five my 20s. and under set mostly. <laughs> yeah, but I had been there before because I like trains. Yeah, um, and I think Henry enjoyed himself. I think he had a good time, and then he just and was, he was just kind of just dumb. over it. Yeah, and then we got out to the parking lot, and it was a free for all out there. We had parked. You know, we went. I don't know what time we get there. Like 20, uh, ten minutes after the place opened, we got there at ten twenty, I think. It yeah. opened at 10, I think. And there was ample parking. But ample. When, when we were walking out. At 11.30. It was Mad Max <laughs> out there. People were like fighting for spots. People, like one lady pulls her Prius up, goes, you guys, where's your car? We're like, we think it's over here. And she's like, oh. oh. Okay. <laughs> and then we were when I, when I was backing out, there was a car that was, I think, going to try to back into our spot. And as, snake it. As well as the other car. And there was some honking. Well, I think now I think the honking was for the car that was going to throw its reverse lights on. Yes, I agree. I don't think the honking was for us. Because I was like, is this speed up honking? No, I don't. that is very rude. I don't think it was. We have a toddler. I think it was like, what are you doing, car? I, I, you know, I'm just, I drove as far away from that as quickly as possible. Yes. I didn't want to be involved. Well, you know, it was a similar situation at the beach yesterday. Henry and my dad and I went to the beach and we parked at the Annenberg Community Beach House. And we got there at, I want to say around 9.45. Yeah. And there was still ample parking. Uh Uh-huh. We left at a little after noon. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was like people were, and there was a sign outside that said lot full, but there were still many cars trying, like staking out spots. Well, people got to leave at some point. That, I mean, that's what they were. All and saying. then, and also someone had parked super close to us on Henry's side. So I had to pull Ugh. the car out to even get him in. And then like, there were all these cars just like waiting. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? Here? Oh, <laughs> it was very annoying. That has happened before, but I've just gotten him in through the other side. I, I, just, I like get him. The yeah, back I guess I could have just done that, but. But you wanted to cause a scene. I did. I wanted to cause a scene. Exactly. Because you you wanted your dad to grunt about it in Israeli. Yeah. And then like my dad couldn't fasten the car seat. So I had to get out and do it. (laughs) (laughs) It's a real boondoggle. Uh, She described yesterday. Today, this morning is a boondoggle. Also, because we, you know, obviously we went to the wrong train yard. You know, all parks have multiple situations there. We went to Walt Disney's or Railroad Barn mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of Travel Town. We were very like, where is everybody? Yeah. But I will say the lady that worked there was very nice. At Travel Town? Yeah, no, at the... Oh, at the Walt Disney. The yes, she Disney was so barn. nice. I know. I almost felt bad that we didn't go back. Um, I'm happy to go back next time. Yeah. Is it open like once a month? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not even. Familiar. I, I like vaguely knew in my brain of Disney knowledge that like that barn existed somewhere. We've, we've looked at that barn on the internet together. I remember it. Okay, for what barn purposes? I don't know. I think you were just like intrigued. Interesting. Well, I'm re-intrigued by it. 
I would like to go again. Okay. I mean, it just seems like there's like this age of children, which I think we're really in now, which just turns into a activity zone. Every third Sunday, they're open from 11 to 3. Oh, I didn't realize it was that rare. Yeah, no, it's 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 pretty rare. Wow. We should have bounced immediately and gone right over there. Yeah. Anyway, like. And a, it's free. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. If you're in the Los Angeles Informative area. volunteer barn crew members are on hand to describe the history and contents. She, she Ruth did seem informative. She, they all, everybody was very informative. Yeah. Um. Everyone across the train community <laughs> seemed to really uh, know their trains. Oh, there's a society you can join. Okay, I'll join it. Thank you, honey. Let's go back to the podcast now. We have but one requirement as a Carolwood Society member. Carolwood, that's right. That you ride the steam train when in a Disney park. Well, that is like <laughs> literally my go-to I know. Right. I'm really a big fan of the Disneyland Railway. Yeah. Well, anyway, Disney back, World is closed. Back that, to the that, podcast. Uh, that railroad, the Disneyland, Disney World Railroad, railroad is closed. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. would think they would have like figured out or like gotten some, enough people, you know, tried to have it open for the 50th. Yeah. You would have thought. Yeah. It's very strange to me that they didn't. Interesting point. Thank you. Interesting point. What else is going on out there? In the world? With with us. With us? Um, not a ton on my end. What about you? Uh, you know, I'm working on some stuff. And um, it's your classic, you know, writer situation where you just gotta, you gotta just do a lot of work and maybe get paid or not. Yep. Who knows? TBD. <laughs> so that's where I'd say we're at. TBD. TBD. Um, that said, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Listen and leave your Apple Podcast reviews. Head over to the Facebook. Facebook.com. Groups. Excellent Adventure. You can head over to ExcellentAdventure.com or visit our Patreon to support the show. Twitter at ExcellentPod. Email Dory and Matt at Gmail. Matt and Dory at Gmail. Phone number four one three four six one. Baby, we thrive when you thrive on writing emails. So get to it. We'll be right back. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, 
tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. We're back. Hello. 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 So, oh, it looks like first up on the agenda is some sort of voicemail. Yes. That's what it looks like has been programmed in. Yes, that is accurate. Via show... Show producer, producer and all around co-host Dory Shafrir. All right. Well, Here we go. Are you ready? Yes. I hope so. Okay, I'm ready. Go ahead. Shafrirez, it's Katie Shinden. Matt, I literally had to pause the pod because I was laughing so hard at the preconception room joke. And I wanted you to know that both times you made the joke, I laughed very hard. Thank you. Thank you. Full on belly laugh. And I think that it's hilarious. And I also want you to know that it really touched my heart in a way because I think I've told you about my dad before, but the late Dick Adler, former uh, writer, TV writer, screenwriter, and... uh, the kind of joke he would have made and the kind of joke that he would have laughed really hard at today too (laughs) if he were still with us. (laughs) Love you guys. Well, that is my kind of phone call in so many, in so many uh, ways. First of all, thank you for laughing because I don't know if you heard, but there was utter silence from my spouse (laughs) and life partner. She was like, what is he talking about? <laughs> oh, that's real dumb. Thank you. I, I mean, I, I I feel like I've got the right amount. I've got the right material to host Bake Off. Yes, you, you definitely do. You definitely, definitely do. Uh, but thank you for calling in with that, Katie. Really, that warms my heart. I figured you would appreciate that. I do. Um, okay, and then... I felt I felt like both of this voicemail and this next email sort of spoke to what you just talked about before the break, which is you know the idea of like as as a person working in a creative industry, you often work for no money on things that might or might not happen. Mm-hmm. So we we got a follow up from anonymous who emailed us last week. <clears throat> About her husband. Yes, I remember this. Yes. Who is in a creative industry and is hesitant about having a second child. So Anonymous sent us a follow-up. Hi, Matt and Dory. Just wanted to say thank you for your response on the podcast. What was incredibly helpful and what I hadn't heard before spoken out loud is the fundamental uncertainty that comes with a creative career and how it affects you and you deal with it in similar and in different ways. After your responses, I have more appreciation for the realities of this career. In retrospect, it makes sense, but since success stories are more visible, and I don't know many creative people outside of my husband, you just shed a new and very helpful light on the whole situation. That's good. I also really liked your therapy tips, Matt. I already go to therapy myself, though so far I haven't been successful in convincing my husband, but it's a work in progress. Sending you the best of luck to both of you. I can't wait for your next novel, Dory. I love Startup, which actually my husband recommended to me before I found your podcast. And Matt, I hope that your projects work out as well. Thank you. And uh, 
I'm glad that we were of some help because I felt like everything we were saying was like, I bet she's already heard this or thought this. Well, and I, I think just as, you know, she has not like been exposed to that many people in creative industries. And so what we were saying was sort of novel to her. We in Los Angeles are surrounded by people in creative industries. And so things that I think we think are sort of like common knowledge are not in fact to someone who is not in a creative industry. Yeah. So, you know, you get like, you know, I worked on a thing, I worked on a thing for a long time all summer and then that just sort of disappeared. And then like this other thing that I was semi working on that started to fire back up again. So, you know, it's all like, but none of, of course it's like, this is the early stages and you don't, you don't get paid for any of this work. Yeah. This is all the, this is all the sales pitch portion. I'm just waiting for someone to buy the timeshare. So, yeah. Unfortunately, I have no free nights to give away at any hotels. I was just going to say, what's your what's your offer? Nothing. That's probably why I'm not selling. Yep. You need like four nights at the Hilton or something. Four nights at a Hilton Garden Inn. Yep. In Massachusetts. Yep. All right. Okay. Um. All right. Well, thank you, Anonymous, for this for this update. And like Matt said, I'm glad we were helpful. Also, the therapy thing again. I might just like what we said last week, but maybe try to find one super close to your house. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Okay. Um, this next email is from Christine. Hello, all. I wanted to follow up about the woman who is seeking more community around her infertility journey. I have a friend who has been dealing with similar things. She is the one who introduced the app Marco Polo to me. And now a lot of our friends are using the app to stay in touch. We have several splinter groups on different topics. My husband thinks it's ridiculous, but I love the different ways we stay in touch. Anyway, she started a thread just about her IVF journey where she updates us on doctor's appointments, medicine protocol, and more. We know that all messages on that stream are just about her trying to get pregnant and she's opened it up to more people she knows who are going through similar things. As friends, she shares how we can be supportive and it's done a lot for us as well. I don't know if this is an option for her, but it has been a wonderful resource for us. Thanks. That is Christine with four kids, one husband, one dog, a bigger house now, and many hot dogs for the kids. I really wanted a hot dog today. Oh. Travel town. Like I just felt like it was a hot dog kind of place. That's interesting. You're not wrong. You like know, it was popcorn and a hot dog. You know, it was funny yesterday when we were at the beach, my dad was like, should we get some lunch, like a light lunch? And I was like, you know, I don't know if like Henry is kind of getting like close to nap time. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if he has it in him to like sit down at, at the beach cafe and like wait for, mm-hmm. but I was like, why don't you go see if there's like takeout that we could get and maybe just eat it on the beach or something. And he goes and he like sends me, he texts me a picture of the menu and I'm like nothing looked particularly appetizing and i was just like nah and then he's like yeah it doesn't look that great and then he came back he was like i was hoping for like some fried clams or something and i was like we're in california yeah no it's not, <laughs> it's not gonna be a fried clam shack it's not that kind Santa of place <laughs> uh, but i'm sure there's like a, 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 a uh, what do you call it there Poke. I'm sure there's poke. There was not poke, but there were, I think there were fish tacos. Always. Yep. Um, which That's like. It's funny. You never can get those in Massachusetts. No, exactly. Um, which like, if there was anything on the menu that I might have gotten, it would have been those, but they were $22. And I was like, I, I don't want them that badly. <laughs> Are they caught immediately and then. Doubtful. Put right in. No. Um. Yeah, and like I don't know, it's just kind of like eh. But yeah, fish tacos are like the fried clams of of California. Beach. What else was your dad? Your dad was also confused about why he was thirsty. Yeah, he was like, uh, "I'm so thirsty," and I was like, "Dad, there's like no humidity here." <laughs> no, there is. It's fifty percent usually. It hovers at like fifty, and which is fantastic for guitars. I think today I thought that it was. I saw. Bleh, I today saw that it was at twenty three percent. No, it's got to be. Okay, right now it's at 54%. Yeah. But earlier I looked and it was 23%. Well, again, we fluctuate dramatically in humidity. And also that's going to rise until it rains, I assume. Oh, yeah, probably. But right now in New York, it's 70% humidity. Ugh. Ugh, ugh, ugh. No. You know what the humidity in Las Vegas is right now? Uh, Two? 11%. Okay. I mean, I always feel so dry there. Well, it is the desert, honey. 
It is really the desert. It is the desert. I always have to remember to bring chapstick when I go to Las Vegas. Yep. She brought chapstick to Palm Springs, everybody. I did. She did it. Yep. Finally. All right. Next email. Okay. Here we go. This is from Heather. Hi, Matt and Dory. I'm pausing the pod to write in in response to the person feeling like she had not suffered enough for a fertility support group. I identified with this person so much. I remember back at the start of this hellish journey, feeling as though there was support for couples at the start of trying. There was support for couples who were diagnosed infertile and starting IVF or IUI, but there was no support for those who were in the doldrums of trying to conceive and starting to get tested and navigate all of the gatekeeping from providers at the same time as feeling anxiety about possibly being infertile. I'm now three years into my journey and I've gone through nine treatment cycles between IUIs, FET, ERA, and retrievals. And I can honestly say that the last months of trying to conceive before IVF were just as hard as my worst IVF moments. I remember being anxious and going to an in-person resolve support group around the time I went to see my RE for the first time. I had my infertility diagnosis, but it was unexplained. I didn't fit into any box and I hadn't started treatments. I felt totally out of place and I was so nervous every time I opened my mouth, I cried. Everyone's stories in this group were so bleak that it made my husband and I more stressed out. I ended up finding a therapist through that support group and started being more active in the excellent group instead of going to an in-person group. Ultimately, this worked out as the pandemic hit shortly after I tried the in-person group. Even now, I sometimes feel out of place despite having done so many rounds simply because everyone is at a different stage. I try to check in with myself and see if online support feels soothing or not on any given day. I found it overall very helpful, especially in dark moments or in between cycles when I can't do anything, but my brain wants to do something proactive for IVF. The online format is great because there's no pressure to participate. All this to say to the person who wrote in, you are not alone. Use a support group when it feels helpful and don't worry too much about being accepted. Chances are you are feeling alienated more than others around you are feeling, wait, chances are you are feeling alienated more than others around you are feeling you are out of place. That is from Heather in 1,500 square feet in Portland, Maine. No hot dogs since my last email, she says. <laughs> I was like when there's um, a between email. Yes. And I get a hot dog update. <laughs> I like when it's actually like a legitimate, like actually three hot dogs because of blah, blah, blah. Totally. Um, you know, it's so funny. I also, I heard someone DM me on Instagram and I don't think they meant for this to be shared like verbatim on the podcast. So I'm just going to sort of paraphrase it, but... Um, they said that they had not dealt with infertility, but they had been diagnosed with cancer and they had gone through a similar feeling of like, do I like basically like, do I have enough cancer to like go to a cancer support group, right. <laughs> you know? Um, and so I, I do think that this is like a very, a very common thing that people feel especially women and and this person also noted that you seemed like incredulous that people would feel this way and she she attributed that to um women having this sort of like imposter syndrome um yeah i mean it was it's just in regards to the i haven't suffered enough kind of a thing i was i was particularly incredulous too but the idea of like I for sure get the imposter syndrome stuff. Yeah. But I just had never thought to put it into that context. That's interesting. Well, and I think sometimes people do get into this sort of like competition. I I, kind of want to put that in quotes like about, oh, well, you've done three rounds of IVF. Well, I've done seven rounds of IVF. You right. know what I mean? It becomes like, well, who has suffered the most? And like that can also be so annoying. And so I think that can like gatekeep and keep people out who feel like they don't like deserve to be there because they haven't suffered enough. But like who is making that call? You know what I mean? Who's making the gate is open call yeah. well no but I'll, yeah like who who's who's like deciding well if you've if you've done one round of ivf then you don't get to come to the support group but if you've done three rounds you know or whatever like it's just all arbitrary it's like i think it's a thing where it should be self-selecting like if you feel like obviously you are part of the infertility community then you're part of the infertility community like but then if it's self-selecting then some people who have self-doubt won't select themselves whoa so I just like to get the message out there is that uh, 
even if you think you might be infertile, you're suffering some of the, you know, psychological yeah. ramifications of the of this whole thing, you know? It's, uh, I think everyone listening right now has suffered enough, mostly from <laughs> listening to us. Thank uh, you. That is my message. Go forth, and I will see you in the preconception room. <laughs> All right. Um, we have another voicemail. We could take a break, or we could. No, we're gonna we're gonna do one more voicemail, one more email, and then we're gonna take a break. Wow. Okay, you have that all planned out. Yep. I'm so silly. Yeah. I don't know. Listen to your producer. Yes, ma'am. Okay. All right. Here we go. Voicemail time. Hey guys, it's Ron from Karen Crow, Louisiana. I was calling in in regards to your caller who was. Uh, afraid of leaving her 14-month-old, her husband pulling out the last minute of going with her for her conference. Uh, a, good call on keeping a 14-month-old contained in a hotel room or trying to keep them entertained on the road not being a great idea. Much easier at home if dad's going to be doing it on his own. Also, I think you nailed the nail on the head with the fact that she's not knowing how much she could really use the break and be by herself. Years ago, my wife decided that, uh, well, actually, I decided, hey, I, I want a motorcycle instead of the scooter that I got my motorcycle license on. And my wife went, hey, I want to go to a supernatural convention. So we compromised. And she, for the first time, went somewhere by herself as an adult and loved it. Can you pause it? She ended up going to four different... I really thought... That was going to be. So I drove her on a motorcycle to the Supernatural Convention. <laughs> Continue. Okay. Supernatural conventions over the years. And she's taken some standalone vacations. The recent one, I'm literally on the way home with dinner for her because she just got back from the airport from going to New York for the weekend for her birthday alone. Classic uh, story. It's something she enjoys doing. That'll be fine. Uh, PlayStation 5 is a lot cheaper than a motorcycle, so I think she'll get off a lot uh, better off. But, yeah, that, enjoy your vacation, ma'am. Treat it as a vacation. You'll love it. You'll mess the kid, but then it's even sweeter when you come home to him. This is Ron, Karen Crow, 2,300 square feet. 2,300 kids. Uh, two adults, a kid, cat, two cats, I'm sorry, a dog. And that's about it. One Thanks. of those big Mercedes people moving wagons. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like what car did they even drive? They must have a passenger van. Yes, either a passenger van or they have they take two cars everywhere. I bet they have a passenger van. All right, that's my guess. Um, thank you, Ron. You you know you just always. I love your your collected wisdom of raising eight children. It's always very helpful. Um, okay. We got an email from Veronica asking for some travel advice. Oh, boy. Hi, Matt and Dora. I know you've given traveling advice before, but as we prepare for our first plane trip with my toddler, I have a couple clarifying questions. One, tell me about bringing a car seat on the plane. Did you gate check it or belt it into the seat for Henry to sit in? How did you get it through the airport? Those things are so giant and cumbersome. I must know this is my biggest worry. How did you carry that and your luggage and your toddler and stroller? We didn't. I'm sorry if that was That's unclear. That's the answer to you. <laughs> we did not. We did not bring our car seat on the plane. We checked our car we seat. We gate checked the carts, car seat. No, we checked. We regular checked we the regular car checked seat. We regular checked the car seat. And then um, Henry just was seat belted into the regular seat belt situation on in the seat which was which not ideal did not really <laughs> hold the child in a lot of slipping and sliding yeah a lot of you know he just wanted to be free yeah and roam uh so that's that's the car seat answer Two, does every ticket get a carry-on and a personal item yes. so like my toddler's carry-on could be her diaper bag and i could still have a carry-on also yes and they're often very loose with the um, like the carry-on rules for the, baby stuff. The baby accoutrements are often not like counted. Yeah. So I like 
you could probably take like the diaper bag might not count. Um, but yes, every ticket does get a carry on and a personal item. Mm -hmm. Three, when you gate check your stroller, did you put it in a gate check bag? I've seen those and I wonder if they are necessary and or worth the money or is it normal and acceptable to just hand over the stroller as is? When we traveled to New York with our regular home stroller, we had the bag to check it. Um, and it still broke. The upper baby bag. <laughs> and it still broke. But because we had it in the upper baby bag. Well, you were able, I think you were able to fix it. I fixed it with a screwdriver. Yeah. But the whole thing of like having the upper baby bag is, is that. If it breaks. If it breaks while it's in there, it's covered under their warranty. Yeah. Um, now, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember what we decided after the fact. We decided we were idiots for bringing the upper yes, baby. Yes. It was, it's so it's big. Huge. It's cumbersome. It's ridiculous. But it was helpful in the sense that he was an, uh, more an infant then. Yeah. And the uh, seat worked in the car. Yes, yes, yes. Take that up, put it in the car. And yes. It becomes, became a car seat. So in that sense, it was great. But the answer to that is... <sighs> but if, we... If it's going to break, it's going to break outside of the bag or in the bag. I think that's probably true. But because ours broke in the bag, the piece that broke off was still in the bag. That's true too. Yeah. So I was so, able to fix it. So maybe that's a that's a reason to get a bag. I mean, I don't think it has to be like a special stroller bag. And in fact, when we when it, when we flew last time with Henry, we were going to gate check his travel stroller, but there was no one there to take it and we were like, oh, whatever, we'll just bring it on the plane because it folds down really small. So we were able to put it in the overhead. And then when we got diverted to Dulles for five hours, we it was like the best decision we'd inadvertently ever made that we had the stroller with us because yeah. we could like contain Henry and just walk him up and down the airport. Um, so yeah, I would say if you're going to bring a stroller, bring a travel stroller and you can gate check it. Four, how did you handle the ear popping thing with a toddler? My ears always hurt a lot in planes, but since my little one doesn't chew gum, I'm not sure how to help her with her ears. Do I remember you or someone mentioning a binky to make them swallow? Does that work? I think that's it. It was more than a couple. Can you tell I'm stressed about this? Especially the car seat thing. Um, we were not helpful with the car seat thing. We, no, we were not. Um, you can give them something to drink. like a If you have like a sippy cup, you can have them... Um, drink you can have them chew on something um it did not seem henry, to be an issue for henry Henry didn't really care partially i think that was because it was the first time we ever really let him, let him have headphones mm. so he had the headphones on and uh i think just the combination of the headphones and stuff he just kind of was like oh this whole thing's new to me yeah, I think that's so. probably true. Um, I mean, I would say whatever your policy is on screen time, you, you should it. yeah, <laughs> you should get a either have them, you know, have an iPad for them. We got a, a Kindle Fire tablet, a kids Fire tablet thing for Henry, and like thank God that let we had them that. know it's a special time. Yeah, you know, and you can maintain your 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 rules once you get to wherever you're going or once you get home. Yeah. Um, I hope that helps. Veronica is still in about 1,500 square feet with a husband, toddler, and 50-pound dog. No hot dogs for me as a vegetarian, but probably at least 20 between my husband and daughter this year. Well, thank you for that. Vegetarian hot dogs obviously don't count anyway. So, thank you. All right. Now we are going to take a break. Be right back. 
Oh, boy, oh, boy, we are back, everybody. Hello. Oh, it looks like we reached the pumpkin portion of the show. Oh, yeah. If anyone out there has any pumpkin opinions, please share them. Pumpinions? I will say it has, like, increased my enjoyment of seeing a pumpkin patch somewhere and not being at it. Like, previously, that wasn't a thing that I ever <laughs> processed. But now, I've seen a couple since we have been we had been to that pumpkin patch last week. And now seeing them, it's like, oh, thank goodness we're not in there. Mm. Well, do you want to read this next um, text? Uh, hi, Matt and Dory. I loved your discussion on pumpkin patches. I live in the South, and it's still pretty warm out. I decided to set up my own display on my porch. So family and family friends... Take pics in the shade. It cost me $140, so not as cheap, but looks cute all season. Thanks for the pod and all the great British bake-off and what we do in the shadows discussions. <laughs> well, thank you. And then she included some uh, I'm telling you, there's a pictures. couple scarecrows here, some tall stalks of corn, uh, bale of hay, your classic bale of hay, and... Four colors of pumpkins. I mean, what more could you want? She. There were a couple other pictures she included that I didn't put in. Well, I'm still saying, what more could you want? Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, literally, just put a kid on that bale of hay, take a picture, call yeah, it a year. You're done. Um, all right, this is another text. Hi, Matt and Dory. Just listened to the most recent episode of the pod where you discuss your less than ideal pumpkin patch trip. I, too, used to not see the appeal of pumpkin patches. However, there's a really nice one in Encino that my my fiancé and I have been going to since we started dating years ago. If you're interested in giving pumpkin patches another shot next year and don't mind the drive up to the valley, Tapia Brothers Farm is unique in that. Even while it is in the city, it still very much has small farm vibes. It's right off the 101 on Havenhurst and Burbank, just south from Balboa Park. We go to Balboa Park sometimes. That's true. They have quite a large footprint selling all sorts of pumpkins and gourds. And across the street from the pumpkin wares, they have a large plot of land they farm and grow a massive corn maze every year, which is quite fun to go through. They change the theme of the shapes the maze creates each year, too. They have hay rides, mini train rides, that's, and a petting zoo for kids as all, well. That's all stuff that they were missing. They had a petting zoo, but to me, it looked like a single goat. Yes. <laughs> I think only recently did they start charging an entrance fee, but it's like two bucks. Very affordable. It can be a bit crowded, but it's in a large enough area that it wasn't bothersome. Totally understand if you're more inclined to write off pumpkin patches forever, but if you were interested in giving another one, giving one another shot, I thought I'd recommend this one. Side note, Tapi Brothers are also open year-round, selling produce from local Los Angeles and Ventura farmers, including my soon-to-be-in-laws avocados from their own farm when they are in season. Oh. So check them out if you're ever jonesing for some local produce. Happy autumn and spooky season. Whoa. Spooky season. Spooky Would season. you go to a pumpkin patch in Encino? Would I personally? Yes. Yeah. Whoa. I would go. This, this one. Earth this one actually sounds nice and wholesome. And you know what? I could also see it being a lot more fun when it's not ninety degrees. And also, like it did feel like they were just we. We felt like cattle. Yes. It really was like we were not people. We were. We were seven dollar bills and they were just like every single thing was like they were just just trying to milk more money out of you you want a you want a wagon to put your pumpkins in upcharge you want a pumpkin upcharge they had they, there was like a vip ticket you could get that i think was like sixty dollars like to go into a pumpkin patch. i would have paid sixty dollars to leave immediately <laughs> dr bones or whatever the fuck your name was <laughs> Um. All right. Well, we got one more email in favor of pumpkin patches from Irina. Oh, my God. The pumpkin cartel is out <laughs> in force today. Who says, hi, Matt and Dory. So first, I got to go back to your last weekend's fall pumpkin patch disaster and argue that actually they are great. Maybe you just had a uniquely LA experience, but I grew up in Florida with Latino parents who had no idea that this was a thing. (laughs) So of course I never got to do fall things, but my husband and I moved to Colorado earlier this year and just went to a local farm that has pumpkins on the vine and a corn maze and kids activities and some baby animals. And it was truly amazing. Okay. I just want to pause here and say, you went to a farm that had pumpkins on the vine. You didn't go to a fake pumpkin patch in a freaking parking lot. You didn't go to a dirt pumpkin, dirt. With a bounce house. That had the bare minimum of hay covering the ground. Literally the bare minimum. And uh, a couple of inflatable things 
and, and one a goat. one goat and a lot of people trying to Instagram. And fifteen dollars per person to get in. That's how much we paid for that? Yes. Did Henry cost money? No. Whew. But still. I mean, and and is, ten dollars for parking. That's so true. It was ten dollars for was parking. Such everyone. a ripoff. Okay. Anyway. Maybe it's the fact that it was an actual farm and pumpkins were in the field. Yes. Yes. That is exactly why. And you could just calmly walk around and stay distances from others and explore, or maybe just that it wasn't as hot, though it was 70, or just the fact that we were very excited for it. But we had a fantastic time. After being a bit shy and scared at first, our 18-month-old had a great time wandering through the pumpkin fields, and then he absolutely loved meeting baby goats and pigs and cows, and I think he legit had a happiness heart attack running through the little hay maze in the kids' section at the end. Well, did you have to pay uh, $5 extra to go through the hay maze? Because... Let me tell you, there's a place where you could pay $5 extra to go sit on hay. <laughs> it's in it's in Culver City, California. <laughs> so don't discount fall activities, but maybe you just got to do them in states with actual fall climates. Yes, that's what I, uh, that's, I think that's, that's what I said. I think that's the key. Um, anyway, my question to you is this. How do you have fun during the holidays when it's just the three of you as a family? Last year when we were still in Florida, we were able to see my parents for the holidays since they were in our COVID bubble. And we even safely saw my husband's dad who lived just a few hours away. This year, it seems nobody wants to visit us. His dad is saying he moved to Florida so that he never has to experience the cold again. My husband's family is from Chicago. So unwilling to visit us for Thanksgiving or Christmas, <laughs> even though we invited him. I love boomers who just are like, are just like, no, this is my life now. Well, I think that's how they were with the planet. And here we are. Ooh. That's why it's real hot down there, guys. And my parents came to visit in September, but my dad doesn't like flying, so they don't want to drive here in the winter because of the roads. So it looks like it's just us. Granted, my husband's aunt is nearby, and her and her husband have been amazing secondary grandparents to our toddler. They babysit occasionally, and I'm sure will want to spend the holidays with us. Well, I don't know. Don't be so sure. All these other people mm -hmm. said no. I'm just kidding. I'm sure they will want to. But it's not the same without our actual grandparents, you know? My husband also lost his mom over a decade ago, and Christmas was her favorite holiday. He wasn't feeling Christmas in Florida last year, but is super excited this year to have our first white Christmas, hopefully, with our baby. It will be, knowing the climate. So I want to make things special for him. So how do I and we do that? We can't depend on his aunt fully because she's also got her own life. So what do we do if it's just the three of us for this holiday season and the foreseeable future? Thanks, as always, for the great podcast. Irina in Denver, living in a 1,400-square-foot split-level house with a husband, toddler, border collie, and two cats. We're vegetarians, so our hot dog count is invalid. But boy, did we have plenty this summer. Well, I think first of all, you get to you get to you guys should each choose a shopping day and make the other one stay home with the kid on that shopping day. That'll be a nice uh escape <laughs> into the holiday frenzy of shopping for Christmas. Um but you know, look, the holidays can be tough, I think with three people it's it's sort of easier in in some ways because you're not worried about you know there's only three opinions that matter in that case not 17 mm -hmm. you're not worried about drudging up mm -hmm. annoying things about each other or mm -hmm. whatever and what's nice about the family it seems like right now you get to fucking make up your own christmas traditions yeah but there'd be things i would check in with your husband about like real tree fake tree if it's a real tree, then make a make a holiday thing over getting the tree. You know, go out to a lot or a farm and maybe bring a saw and cut down a tree. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Colorado seems like it's it could easily provide that. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, but I mean, it's just it's just. Uh, what are you missing? I'm gonna say you're missing. An annoyingly complicated meal that takes forever to cook and is a pain in the ass to clean up. Other than that, you can FaceTime and argue with your parents. Mm -hmm. So, I know that wasn't helpful. Do you have anything, Dory? No, I was just going to say, like, making your own traditions is, is kind of fun. And then they become traditions. Yes, we here don't know... Every year we have the question of like, do we go away? And then I'm always like, I don't want to be away on Christmas because I want to be home. And Christmas rolls around and I'm like, what are we doing here? 
Um, but that said, you know, I like to watch the Muppet Christmas Carol every year and so on and so forth. I like to make a, like a nice Christmas morning breakfast. Like a, that's a thing we never did in my house. We never were like a big Christmas breakfast. Okay. There was certainly a Christmas lunch slash dinner. That's why we're making our own traditions. No, I'm just saying I see a lot of a lot of people. That's like a thing. Mm. I wasn't criticizing your breakfast need. I was just discussing my own youth. I believe last year I made a French toast casserole. You did. I ate most of that. I remember it now. Mm-hmm. Thinking about it, just as we speak, it stayed in the fridge for a while, and I was like, "I'll just, I guess I'm going to go for it." It was pretty good. There's some pecans in there. It was yep. a good time. Yep. I made cinnamon rolls, I think, the year before, and I did not love how they came out. But I would be willing to give cinnamon rolls another try. Maybe you forgot the flour. <laughs> That's a Great British Bake Off reference. Um. Anyway, I hope this helps. I I would love to hear from other listeners about their like small family Christmas traditions or if you are a single if you are a single person and you have your own Christmas traditions I'd love to hear those too just I assume just becomes an immense stress reduction you know yeah all right well we're gonna end things with this email from Helen hi Matt and Dory I know you don't do a lot of the ads now especially for the UK but both ad breaks for me were advertising a best things to do a Disney podcast I don't need that. I listen to the Disney portion of the show every week. Much more likely to trust your opinions than some random British lady that may or may not be being paid by Disney. I know Matt used to get paid by Disney, but that's different. Also, for the bake-off portion of the show, the bakers this year are in much... Bakers this year are much better than last year. Almost like most of them were stuck at home for 18 months and got time to practice. Anyway, love to all from a place where we get an actual autumn. Helen, no hot dogs because I prefer sausages. That's an interesting... um... That's an interesting point regarding the Bake Off this year having been post-pandemic, post-lockdown. Someone, was it Chigs? Yes. They said- They've been baking for 12 months. Yes, they've been baking for 12 months. So that must have been a, pin, a thing they picked up during the pandemic. Right. And then I think everybody in the last one had no practice time. Right. And that's why they sucked. Yeah. We've solved it. Um, in Read the Ads thing- you know, all I can say is use that fast forward button. Also, all I can say is that ad seems on point. Yeah. So for our show, meaning like, yeah, like there's probably a reason why it's there. And also like this podcast is free. We have ads so that we can keep it free. Oh, but she's not, by the way, let me just come at it from where she's coming at it from. She's not criticizing us for having ads. No, no, but she's complaining about the ad that was run, which is, I get it. What she's saying is, you guys are all the Disney I need. Why would the algorithm and I'm think saying, I need more just Disney? Just fast forward. Well, I'm taking it in a much lighter tone. And what I'm saying to you is, I think this British lady you're talking about is probably being paid big, big bucks by the mouse. <laughs> Don't listen to anything she says. She's probably going to be like, get Genie Plus. And also stay at one of our hotels for more than two nights Mm, interesting that was neither british nor mickey nope but yeah (sighs) we have a weird podcast okay yep um you know our podcast is free but we do have a patreon where people do pay us money to listen to an ad free version an ad free version twice a a version of this show it's it's a different both podcast. of us discussing various whatever. things a lot of life advice on that podcast i feel like i feel like we're just we're we're life advice machines yeah that's true someone please advise us on our lives thank <laughs> yes. you um so you can you can support us there at patreon.com slash excellent adventure no disney ads whatsoever on the Patreon. but there is a disney portion over there sometimes there so. is yes you can't um, get away from it and there's also a back catalog of Patreon episodes. So if for some reason you want to listen to hundreds of hours of us, it's yes. available for you there. And everybody at the $5 level or above gets your name read right on the podcast each month as a thank you. So let's thank them. Katie Regan, thank you. Kelly Zimmerman. Carrie Mills. Carrie L. Kim Mestry. Kristen Young. 
Christine Kelly. Christopher Fonegi. Kinsey Hamilton. Lane and Kate Sapala. Laura. Laura Bennett. Laura Dodge. Laura Madge. Lauren Gregory. Lauren Schultz. LFB. Liesel. Lindsay Gish. Lisa Travis. Liz. Lynn Nugent. Madeline McCarthy. Mail. Mara Foss. Marina Breed. Martin Hedegar Peterson. Mary Messick. And uh, the boomer herself, Mary Myra. (laughs) All right. Thank you all. Just kidding, Mom. You didn't ruin the planet. But most of your generation did. That's not on you. (laughs) You know, you tried your best. You're a wonderful nurse and mother. Love you. Bye. All right. Bye.